Makes me feel sad. <laughs> this music does remind me of uh, when uh, to show that uh, Jason Siegel was to show why he would be dissatisfied with his job making music for television shows. It showed him in studio making music in the films for get, getting Sarah right. Marshall. It's just, just dark tones. It almost makes me feel like oh, we're about to find out the the depths to which Mark Zuckerberg is going to betray his friend <laughs> in order to make Facebook good. Yeah. <laughs> that is that he's going to jump out of a tree. He's going to jump out of a tree and kind of hit a ladder a little bit. Yeah. Oh, right, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do, you do. <laughs> Welcome to the Big Match Minute. This is the show where we talk about wrestling in that special way that only we can and do. I'm Diet Coke. And I am Lilith. And today we're talking about Minute 12 of the final deletion. But we're yep. also talking about a, a flim, as they say. Yeah, yeah, which is how we're kind of doing it right now. But not for this episode, not last episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because it is, uh, it's, it is, it is already stretching, testing the limits. <laughs> Sometimes when you when you set out to make a podcast, you get lost in the desert for a while, and you know uh-huh. we're 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 making it fun. We're making our own fun in the desert here, with with yes. what we what we yes. find in the sands. We uh we uh uh-huh. <laughs> we took our trusty Bowie knife and uh-huh. we cut into a cactus. And yep. the sweet drink of, of water that is the 2004 film Alien vs. Predator came flowing out. Except you cut into the cactus and oh no, the inside of the cactus is acidic and it eats through your armor. Yeah. <laughs> Rip my armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The armor that we all have. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we just picked another versus movie, honestly. Yeah. Um, Dude, this one, I don't think this one maps onto the match as smoothly as Godzilla. No, no. I I think there are things to map, but it's not. Do you want to talk about the minute like real quick? Sure. It's we get some bad music and then a bad spot. And that's the minute. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Jeff Hardy climbs up into a tree and then kind of falls out of it and kind of glances off of a ladder that Matt rolls off of at the last second. That's it. Uh, the yeah. music at the beginning is just like one synth note, and then we get the yeah for like, way too get... long. Like that can be effective in certain circumstances, but just mm-hmm. like watching watching a frankly kind of slow, not very energetic wrestling match. Yeah. While when like okay, it. it's like someone let the phone off the hook. You know, it's a cinematic wrestling match. We and it is cut. Like there are <laughs> yeah. time jumps in this minute, and but it still feels like fucking molasses. Um, yeah. Do you think one of the brothers Hardy themselves edited this, and that's why it's like this? Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, 
I think probably Matt, just because this kind of seemed like his baby. Yeah, I don't want to denigrate any real editors that possibly worked on this, but it, it does kind yeah. of seem like uh, this <laughs> this was a project to figure out iMovie, you know? <laughs> yeah, and and with it, like, a, you know, garage band or similar I don't think that's fair. I think you, I, I think uh, I think an uh, an even average skilled podcast editor could source a better free soundtrack than what we hear in some moments of this. As an average skilled podcast <laughs> editor who sources free sound projects, <laughs> I'd say you're right. <laughs> and I mean, admittedly, I can't safely fall out of a tree and hit my head on a, a ladder that's true like we say it's a bad spot it's like yeah he did fall out of a tree from pretty high <laughs> yeah he bent the ladder that's something i don't want any of this to come across like i i have enjoyed a lot of matt and jeff hardy uh stuff yeah i've enjoyed other parts of this match yeah i agree with both of those statements um the the have you ever okay we're just we're freewheeling yeah, this yeah. is the show yeah uh have you ever watched the the their their like surprise comeback to the wwe uh no oh my god okay so um it was it was a it was a it was a ladder match for like the raw tag team championships ladder match so it was like later on in their careers what it was a it was like a ladder hardy match so it was later you on you fucking there. idiot okay uh it, it i mean it was it was <laughs> anyway so but like the whole the whole thing was is like um it was it was you know the, the enzo and big cast and then um the bar and i think there was a third team that was already like out there um and then the new day come out because they're like the hosts of wrestlemania and they're like hey there's gonna be another team entering this old ladder match and um they're like oh, i wonder who it is because this was when the new day were doing their who thing sure uh which is really fun i love the new day are the so day fun rules. Yeah. yeah and then the hardy boys music hits and the hardy boys come out and have a fucking banger of a ladder match um and uh they take the the raw tag team gold and are proceeded you know they are then squandered for the rest of their time in the wwe of course uh partially because they were like this was i think maybe like a year after uh the final deletion and uh there was some question marks as a you know like okay this new like boiling lava hot broken gimmick it was questionable as to can WWE use this. I remember people talking about that. Yeah. And so they kind of used watered down versions of it. This is, this is we got into this with a guest at one point. This is where he, he, he had a new entity that was, had granted yes. access to his mind. The, the woken Matt Hardy, which was so, so bad. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Would you read if if Matt Hardy announced a novel expanding uh-huh. upon the lore of Broken Matt Hardy? <laughs> here's the here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
it does need a good co-writer because like <laughs> I can't I I don't feel like like I think Matt Hardy is the credited writer and then there's a ghost writer who actually wrote yes. like who actually like took all the lore that Matt Hardy provided and, and made a coherent novel out of it. Like it was like a, you know, like the two of them sat down with like a fucking dictaphone yeah, for yeah, yeah. like <laughs> an afternoon and lots yeah. of notes were taken. And then this you know, competent writer went and turned it into a good book. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I would inhale that. <laughs> <laughs> it make me so happy. It'd be so good, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, then we also watched Alien versus Predator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the other thing we're here so, for today. So, and and we don't have we don't have like good. Uh, well, we watched Alien versus Predator so that we would have shit to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and and Alien, just... really, Alien versus Predator let us down. <laughs> I yeah, feel. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we were talking about this before we hit record. I feel like the movie is leaking out of my ears right now. I watched it <laughs> six hours ago, and I cannot. I'm I'm remembering fewer and fewer fewer like things about it. Because every time, okay, every time Alien versus Predator feels like they're starting to start up a good character dynamic, no. one or both of, of those of people <laughs> dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the, the main character who survives to the end is like likable yes. enough, but she never really gets a story going because no, they, they just don't they don't take time with the, all the story she just threads keeps they start being are the people they service kill off. Yeah. to other people. Yeah. And, and those other people's stories don't fucking pay off. It's a very frustrating film. The only payoff that they could have had by the end of the movie. I guess not quite the end of the movie, but before the alien queen attacks yeah, would be, of course, for her and the predator to kiss. And they didn't do that. Yeah, they team up, but they don't kiss. <laughs> yeah, they should have kissed. Yeah, it would have been great if they kissed. <sighs> There's a weird structure in the Arctic. Right. And yeah, well, yeah, there's a pyramid deep under. Well, yeah. we start out. We start out in <laughs> media res. With yes. a man being attacked by a predator in the year yes. 1900, whatever, four, probably. Uh-huh. An right, movie. right, because that was like. In an, in an old whaling station mm-hmm. in Antarctica, which I didn't know was a thing. I didn't know people like, I didn't know there were like, I mean, obviously very, very small, but I didn't know there were settlements of any kind in Antarctica at that time period. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't, I didn't really know that. Um... It just seems weird. How do you yeah. live in Antarctica without electricity? You'll get too cold. I, you fucking burn whale fat. I mean, I yeah, bet. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that makes uh, sense, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. And then and then we get this, you know, oh, this shady businessman is... Uh... Yeah, we flash forward 100 years to the present day, which is, of course, 2004. Mm-hmm. And then we get right. like a montage of the shady businessmen Con- businessman contacting essentially like obvious ripoffs of characters from other action right. films mm-hmm. like you get like there's a kind of jurassic park scene with these two archaeologists who are like on a dig but they need money you get the main lady is climbing up a mountain like ethan hunt in mission impossible 2 that had yep. just come out a couple of years before mm-hmm. yeah that we get there's a there's a, a kind of Dikey lesbian coded character who is just switched from the Matrix 
They just <sighs> lifted Switch right out of the Matrix and put her in this movie, and then killed her off way too early. Way too early. She was and so with, cool. like, No, there was just absolutely nothing. Like she had like two or three lines. Immediately established. One of cool them was mind. about yeah, yeah. Her first line was like, "Oh, why are you going to bring a gun with you on the mission?" It's like bringing a condom. I'd <laughs> rather, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And I was like, hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like first, first individual moment she gets, boom, face hugger yes. right on the face. Yeah, face hugger right on the face. And then, like, like she at least, at least she was the one person who was trapped in the sacrificial chamber who, like, actually got to make a facial expression while the face hugger was coming out of them yeah everybody else just just happened off screen yeah yeah (sighs) fuck (sighs) (laughs) and then there was there was the the fucking the tough guy with the facial scars and the kind of weenie scientist who they kind of got uh shuttled off into their own narrative and they had a whole thing about like Oh, we're both dads, so we got to make it out of here. And then they just both eat it. Yeah. The the scars really doing the heavy lifting and making that guy oh look like God. a tough guy because I, I don't <laughs> think he would have looked so tough without no. the scars. He looks a little bit like William Mapother, if people are familiar with that actor. I don't believe I am. He's Tom Cruise's cousin. So he's in he's in a couple Tom Cruise movies. And also right. he, had a, he was uh, prominently featured on the show Lost. Where he played mm. Ethan, the creep who kidnaps a pregnant woman. So this is what you know things about him. <laughs> a lot of people know him from Lost. Ethan was a major character. Yes, a lot of people who saw Lost. <laughs> All right, well, I'm sorry. What garbage. else would people know William Mapother from? They wouldn't. <laughs> they might know him as Tom Cruise's cousin, who's in a couple of his movies. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Um. Because if you kind of squint, you can you can see it. You can see the Tom Cruise in there. The only character dynamic that I actually like got around to really caring about. It takes 80 percent of the movie to get to, Uh which is the one that I already talked about, which is the main lady and the predator. Yeah, they were a fun team. They were a fun team once they got together. <laughs> yes, once they got together. And it took most of the movie to get there. Well, it's a friggin' predator, Lil. You're not going to become friends with it right away. I... <sighs> Here's the thing. <laughs> if I... Me, Lilith, uh-huh. if I see a predator... If I can figure out a way to make friends with him, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the that's the I'm gonna do the, it. That's the trick, ain't it? Yeah. Do we want to talk about Lance Henriksen in this film? Which one was he? Lance Henriksen is a beloved uh, genre actor. People uh-huh. will know who that is. Yeah. He, no, I, the name sounds familiar. Critically, he he played the android bishop in Aliens. Okay. And in this film, he plays like. Uh, Jonathan Bishop Wayland. So he's like okay. a guy who works for for the Wayland company. I don't know if it's Wayland Utani in the timeline of Alien versus Predator yet. But th- uh, this is deep alien lore, I guess. Maybe except mm-hmm. this movie's in canon. 
So, right. and there's also like a moment where he, he kind of for just like half a second does the thing with the knife in the hands that he does in aliens. Right. The implication of which I guess is that like the Android was based on this guy. The implication is we all know you saw that movie. I mean, yeah, we're doing this again. <laughs> because Lance it. Hendrickson is an actor that uh, a lot of people like who will also appear in any movie that pays. That's his whole thing. Yes. That's how they got him in Hellraiser 8. <sighs> Alien versus Predator dropped the ball in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think the biggest one is giving us a thing to talk about in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, who's all right. We got to do this. Mm-hmm. Which one is Jeff and which one's Matt? I I have a I have a feeling. Okay. I have a I, I I believe that Jeff is the predator and alien and Matt is the alien because the Jeff and the predator can be reasoned with, but Matt and the alien cannot. That that is a very that is a very coherent point, especially when you consider the the final twist of the movie, uh-huh. which is. The Predalien. The Predalien. Because we see see this main predator get hit by a face hugger about 60-70% of the way through the movie. And then um, the predator is felled in battle Mm -hmm. um, and and is, you know, given an honorable, you know, brought back to the predator ship and yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then at the very end of the movie, a chestburster comes out and it's got like, an alien predator face, which apparently, like, that's the big thing in AVPR. Which the... have either of us seen? No. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, I read in is because we talked about we we were you know after after the Godzilla versus Kong yeah. discussion went well, we were like, let's just fucking do Alien versus Predator because I didn't feel like watching Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus uh, Jason of. Far superior film to Alien vs. Predator, I would say. Freddy vs. Jason is really fucking fun and good. I... But I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I guess it's too late for this now, but I I, I don't think Freddy vs. Jason is significantly more scary Shit. than Alien vs. Predator. Damn, all right. There's, all right. there's more titties in it. It's really... Fuck! <laughs> we fucked up! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I fucked up. Um, but we we discussed, like, you know, we'll watch an alien versus predator. So I... And you said, okay, well, I heard the second one was, like, the shitty one. Well, so I, I specifically went... heard that there was, like, a problematic... There was, like, a... a, a, a gross exploitative rape scene in the second one i mean okay i went and read the wikipedia entry for the plot Uh of the second one and the entire thing like the crux of the plot is that like the predalien is using like human women as like birthing pods and not in like the fun chest burster way yeah in, Not in the um, way that like has precedent in the um right. in the franchise. It, which I mean, let's be real. The entire like, you know, premise of the xenomorph is 
I mean, yeah, there's a reason like it's, there are five different things that look like a vagina in the, in yeah. the life cycle of a xenomorph. Yeah, and then also, I mean, there are five different things that look like a vagina in the life cycle of a xenomorph, and then it also, there's some kind of phallic things going yeah. on with the way the face hugger, I mean, the fucking thing face fucks you and pre- impregnates you with a xenomorph, like, True. it's gnarly. It And yeah, yeah. <laughs> It does, it, yeah, but it does feel just like it's, the, I don't know. It feels better. There's the, the, you know, the, the 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 drill post where it's like you know the like turning up a dial that says racism and looking back at the audience. Like this is it, turning up a dial that says like sexual horror and looking back at the audience to see what they approve of. And but it truly it is like they turned they they went, turned it up. They turned it up. Alien three. They went too far. They turned it down. And they kept. They started turning it back up again. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we chose this fucking dog shit movie. <laughs> I love Predators. Can I just say that? Not. I mean, Predators, I think is all right. But I mean, Predators, like, conceptually i just love them conceptually they're very good i will say i i also i did rewatch predator and predator 2 before this mm-hmm. not for the podcast necessarily just because i've been meeting to watch uh to do a predator rewatch of the whole series and i've seen uh, one in the last year i, I don't know one is like uh I don't know. I don't think any of them hold up as good as to to compare <sighs> them to any of the alien movies frankly okay I, well that's Mm. I feel like I feel like I feel like the alien versus predator kind of concept places two fundamentally different film trans- franchises on like a a battlefield that they really don't belong. That's like, fair, but I just I, I think not just compared to Alien, but compared to other movies like I, I just I don't think either have aged either Predator One or Predator Two have aged particularly well. It it it, it I don't know. It's like uh, you've got Shane Black making all these weird pussy jokes that like aren't. I don't know. Did you find him charming? <laughs> no, I didn't. Find I found him the big charming. guy who wasn't laughing at him was charming. But yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that's the audience surrogate. I don't think we're supposed to find Shane Black charming. No, I think I think at the time Shane Black was the audience surrogate. I I really don't think that's the case. <laughs> I don't. <know>. Also, <laughs> if you're gonna fucking start shitting on people for making pussy jokes, I would like to direct you to the first <laughs> season of this podcast to, to even like <laughs> to go on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> listen, there's a good and fun way to make pussy jokes, <laughs> and you don't do it. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I don't know. The, the movie Predator makes me uncomfortable. And then Predator Predator 2 is... Have you, when was the last time you watched that one? Predator 2, it's probably been like since college. My big problem with Predator 2 is it there was a very prominent... Uh, and to, even to this day, still this problem exists, I would say. But especially in the 90s, uh, and especially surrounding the city of Los Angeles, there was this very mm-hmm. prominent racist uh, fear, bit of fear-mongering where it was very common to be like, oh, very soon, within the next two or three years, because Predator 2 is set a couple years in the future. 
Right. Uh, uh, the Los Angeles will be taken over by violent street gangs yeah. and only police, only brave policemen operating with the best weapons they have are have any chance of protecting us from these hordes of, of not white people attacking the city. Uh, and I, Predator 2, I very, very much falls into that trope. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and it, it, I don't know. It, it sucks. No, yeah. I, I, again it's it's been a while for me with predator 2 so i can't really speak to it but uh uh that doesn't surprise me yeah Yeah, i i'm familiar with the trope um yeah you know it's it is it is well 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 trod i mean it was it's the it's the 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 post rodney king yeah uh, racial anxieties of white america um dealt with in an incredibly like just uh not thoughtful way yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> reactionary and uh and and racist way that, that sucks that sucks i don't know i think I, I feel like the the predator franchise to some extent has been marred by that kind of point of view even the first one is just i i i, I feel like I feel like we are at least meant to like Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and uh, Carl yes. Weathers. And uh-huh. they're both like horrible, horrible. Like they're just like, it's very much like you don't, you're not, I don't know. I don't know how to articulate it. It's a very 80s mindset where they're like, there are these two guys who are listening to like swinging 50s rock and roll on the plane in mm-hmm. and like uh, enforcers of American imperialism and a really, unthinking way where like the the way they get to the jungle is like mm. is that the government just says hey we need you to kill these people no questions asked and they're just I, like yeah i would challenge that do you think it's you. more critical of of those types of people i went back I, and forth throughout the film i'll be honest i think i think that it is because i think that it is specifically like like i think that we are i think that we are supposed to kind of view the way that um, this like special forces team is just like ducking into this. Yeah, I don't even remember what country uh, it is supposed to be. I believe it's in. supposed to be Colombia. Colombia, yeah. And they're you know they're just they're just coming in fucking shit up for you know whatever fucking reason it is. I think we're supposed to view that as a mirror to the way that the predator treats Earth. And I think that that is actually like, yeah, I agree with that. But I, I, I think, I don't know. I think the movie also makes a big point of drawing a line between characters like the Jesse Ventura character and the Arnold Schwarzenegger character that I think mm-hmm. is kind of, you know, that we are still supposed to like take a yeah. step back and be like, well, the Arnold Schwarzenegger character is the good one. Obviously yeah. the Jesse yeah. Ventura character is like a step too far. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I the first one I, I struggle with the first. One. I th- I I like mm-hmm. parts of it. I don't like other parts of it. I think overall it just it's kind of uneven and it doesn't hold up as well as some other films of the era. I I. But that being said, I think the Predator is an extremely fucking cool concept and design. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I need to go back to Predators. Um, yeah, I should. It has problems, too. but like. I remember being like, there are so many things to like about it. Yeah. That I'm not, you know, completely. That is also how I felt about Predator. Off board on it. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. 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 (sighs) How do we end these things now? Oh, God.
You you ask, you're supposed to do the thing. You're supposed to, in a more elaborate way, ask how we end these things. <laughs> well, but don't we? Don't, oh yeah. But the thing is, is we changed it up because now we do, we it used to be that we make a stupid awkward segue into plugs, um, and now we don't even fucking do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, you ever been in your car? Uh, maybe this was like, like, I, I feel like I had some experiences like this in college where like, you've got maybe 10 bucks in your bank account and, um, you think you have enough gas to get home. And when you get home, maybe your parents are there and you can maybe hit them up for like a 10 spot to help you limp along. Yeah. Uh, another day, but you're not sure about any of that. And, um, you're just, you know, you're just riding that 94 Saturn, 96 Saturn. What was my first car? Anyway, I don't know. You're just kind of not sure how how far this car is. You know, you're not gonna be riding it a whole lot longer. You're <laughs> well, you, not even well, sure. You don't even know if that you. next bit of gas is gonna come through that, for you. <laughs> that next, that next tiny little bit that might get you to class tomorrow. You don't even know if that's there. You ever been there? I mean, you've painted me into a corner because the bit is that I say no, but <laughs> I think I overwhelmingly give off the vibes of a person who has been there. <laughs> this wasn't no, this wasn't the outro bit. I was I was just kind of starting a conversation about I don't know I how it feels. What, what I would normally do in that situation is I would stop on the way home and I would put five dollars of gas in my car. Something yeah. I have done on many occasions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sometimes I would keep just like three bucks in like a in like the uh, glove compartment. Yeah, just for that exact situation, to, to like quote, three physical dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to quote the uh, the sorry to bother you trailer and finished film. Yes, forty on one, and then you plop down a. A quarter of a dime and a nickel. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh... Hey, Coke, do you want to say, like, a snappy ending thing oh. for the end of the podcast? All right. <laughs>